welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is February 28th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Greg Messina. And if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The truth, the way, the truth, and the life. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. Today, we welcome back missionary evangelist Robert Breaker to Uptime. We are happy to have him back, and we will be discussing a number of topics today. But more specifically, we're going to go over the area of revival happening in Kentucky and what it means for the body of Christ. Is it a move of God, or should our discernment radar be telling us differently? We're going to discuss that and more today. But first, I don't know if you know who Jesus is. If you're new here, we do encourage you to get to know him today. But I have to give you the bad news first. First, we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We deserve eternal separation from God and his blessings. The good news is our debt or sins have been fully paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ. He died for our sins, was buried, and was the only person who has risen in a fully glorified body on the third day. If you believe that this has happened and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saved from eternal damnation. It's the blood of Jesus that we have faith in. You will begin to start wanting to live for him and not for the world. And as scripture states, we become ambassadors for Christ. Uh, before we bring uh, missionary evangelist Robert Breaker back on, we're going to uh, bring back our uh, usual uptime panel. And I'm glad to be back. Oh, come coming back from vacation um, with family. It was, a, it was a blessed time, and I'm glad I had that time off. Uh, the Lord is good. Gentlemen, thank you for coming back on. You did a great job last week, by the way. Brother Kevin, great job in the intro. Ah, thank you. <laughs> it was written for me. <laughs> great I didn't do it by memory. <laughs> Either way, you did a great job. All right. um, and all of you, yes, uh, great camaraderie, great Great fellowship. Uh, always great to see you guys. Um, I don't have the same voice that you do, though. I, I, <laughs> I should have done my Greg impression. I mean, I, now looking back on it. That's a good we, thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Today, we start with have, Psalm 2. <laughs> um, so we're going to bring Brother Robert Breaker on. Um, but first, I have this uh, verse up from BibleGateway.com, King James Version, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. There's that keyword, boldness. Nice. Right? We're going to go over that keyword today because it's important that uh, we understand what's going on with these uh, pockets of revival. That's right. I said pockets of revival. Most people know about the Asbury revival, Asbury University, but some uh, people don't actually know that there's another revival apparently happening in Lee University. And uh, we'll cover that. That's Lee Ver uh, University in Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee. Um, but uh, Brother Robert Bre Breaker, thank you for coming back on with us. Yeah. Okay. Good to see you guys. How are you? There we go. Good. Good hey, to hear you. Good to hear you, brother. Good All right. Well, so, yeah, good, good. So we're going to get right into this. Uh, brothers, a lot going on in the world constantly, mm -hmm. right? We're constantly been being bombarded with train derailments, um, you know, uh, so many different things. Of, it seems like America is under attack here. A lot <clears> of people <throat> do believe that. I think that is... Uh, some of these are false flags. I think some of uh, some of you can agree to that. 
Um, but there's other things going on, and that's, uh, I mean, I want to say it's good. I want to say this is good. There's these, these revivals that are happening in, uh, in, in around the world. I mean, specifically in the U.S., right? There's something going on in, in uh, Kentucky. And this is not new to a lot of people. This is being spoken of in the body of Christ very heavily. And uh, we want it to be a good thing, right? Uh, who isn't looking for um, revival, right? Who isn't yeah. looking for that? And I, I want to believe that this is a good thing that's happening in in uh, Lee University and Asbury. But there's some things that we should be uh, concerned about or at least um, look into specifically in the areas of whether the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually being spread, mm. right? Um, so we do have someone... Uh, that I know of, that I watch uh, on occasion, and uh, his name is Brother uh, Spencer Smith. Uh, he, I was trying to get him on today, but uh, uh, Robert, you said that he was not available, and it's a shame because I think uh, he would be a perfect uh, guest to come on here to discuss what he saw firsthand because he was there at Asbury right. and to see what was going on. And uh, from what I know, from what I understand, the gospel of Jesus Christ was not being spread. And mm. that's a little concerning to me. Um, on top of that, uh, they do have uh, uh, what they call um, uh, the Eucharist, which is a Catholic term, right? Uh, but it is uh, something where they believe that they are really partaking in the actual uh, blood and uh, body of Christ when they're eating and drinking. Um, it's, it's a little um, uh, unnerving to think that. Uh, I mean, I think there's some people who think that's, that's just part of the religion. It's, it's okay to do, but Bob, brother, Bob Barber, you have, um, you have certainly come out of that, out of Catholicism. You know what that's about. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And uh, could you, could you just elaborate a little bit on, on what the Eucharist is? Well, basically, they, uh, it's just like you said, they believe, uh, well, they drink the wine, they, they take the host and they drink the wine at church, all right? The priest put the host in their mouth, and then maybe they'll have a cup there, it's optional if they want to drink a little bit of the wine. Evidently, it's not blood. I've done that before when I was a Catholic. It wasn't blood inside. It didn't turn into blood. Nothing silly like that, you know? But it's just symbolic of drinking his blood, Okay. So that's that's what the they're getting, that's what you're getting from Catholicism, and you know it's kind of alarming to me that that they're not preaching the gospel. So these people are showing up, and no one's learning about the gospel. No one's mm -hmm. learning about uh, the one way to God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No one's learning about that. So what is happening? You know, I wanted to believe that's a good thing happening over there. You know. But maybe you're right. If they're not preaching the gospel, then what's going on? You know, and I thought, I thought to myself, you know, when those, you know, when the apostles were complaining that people were casting out demons in the name of Jesus and doing stuff, and they weren't part of the apostles, and the apostles got all bent out of shape because of it. And Jesus said, "Hey, if they're, if, if they're not against us, they're with us." Mm. So remember, remember the Lord, our Lord and Savior said that too. So should I condemn these guys? Okay, because they don't have because they have an incorrect doctrine, or are they operating completely on faith, 
And they just, you know, is that something that's operating over there as well? But the main thing that's disheartening to me is they're not preaching the gospel. Okay, that that gospel, based on what I've heard, is just music constantly, praise and worship constantly. Going, 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 going. Now, thing is, these people are showing up, or are they already believers already? That's the other question. They're, they're all young people. Are they believers already? And the gospel it doesn't have to be preached because they're already saved. You know, is anybody does any has anybody found out anything about that? Good question. So, yeah. um, I haven't studied it extensively. I don't know all there is to know about it, but I know um, I get emails all the time. I get texts from people people that do follow it. First of all, Ashbury is in Kentucky, and I went to their website. No doctrinal statement anywhere can I find on their website. It's actually it, it looks like it's a a university, some sort of Christian university. So there's no doctrinal statement. That kind of is like, how do we know what you believe if you claim to be Christian? And secondly, they said it was spontaneous. Well, now it's coming out. It was planned beforehand. So mm-hmm. do you plan a revival or isn't it supposed to be spontaneous? Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the next part is how long did it go? Did it go for 13 days and then they stopped it? 13 is not a good number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, Spencer Smith on his channel on YouTube, I watched his video where he went there to see what it was. And um, he said he heard good music, some music he knew, but it was mostly music. And to me, I, it didn't appear to be much of a gospel. I mean, a uh, revival. It appeared to be just worship. And worship isn't a revival. You can worship the Lord and still not have revival. Um, it's called a concert. And it just looked like a great big concert. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of the things that I did hear, though, but that it was the gays and lesbians and LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what all that stands for, to be honest with you. But they were some of the ones doing the song leading. That was the first mm-hmm. thing that I heard. Now, other people are coming out and saying, no, that didn't happen. But so there's a lot of things you hear and you don't know what to believe because it's hard to find out. So it would have been wonderful. If Spencer could have been here as an eye test a witness. But um, it says on the website, outpouring. And then that reminded me of a so-called famous revival many years ago called the Toronto Blessing Outpouring. And it spilled over close to my area, Pensacola. And that was not a revival. That was a bunch of uh, charismaniacs or Pepsi Costals. And they were getting what they called slain in the spirit, which is nowhere in the Bible is there anyone being killed by the spirit or slain in the spirit. And they were barking like dogs and clucking like chickens and things like that. And uh, people look back on that now. And and, uh, at the time, they thought it was a movement of God. But now they kind of wonder if it wasn't a kundalini spirit. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's so many places we could go with this, guys. There's so much we could talk about. But that Toronto outpouring went to Pensacola. And that man named Kilpatrick, he's the one that started that and said, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is doing something here. A real revival is when things change. The crime rate in your city goes down. That never mm-hmm. happened in Pensacola. Uh, people get saved and have boldness, go out and preach the gospel to others. We never saw that. And have you ever heard of Hank Hanegraaff? There's there's a guy named Hank Hanegraaff. He did a book and he did a series called Christianity in Crisis. And he showed how this false revival back then um really was the Kundalini spirit and it was a false uh, counterfeit revival really um, because there was no preaching of the gospel. There was no truly getting saved. It was just people, uh, that kind of stuff. And yeah. when he put that book out, that Kilpatrick fella, that was the, um, 
the pastor said, well, God spoke to me and told me within 90 days, God is going to get that guy. <laughs> that's what that's what he said. Mm-hmm. 90 days came and nothing happened to Hank Handegraaff. But guess what happened to that false preacher, Mr. Kilpatrick? He fell off of the roof of his house and almost died. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when you're really into this stuff and behind the scenes and seeing things, you can tell if it's really the Lord behind it or if it's not. And so I, I've been getting updates from people who've gone and some say that they go down the line and try to win people to the Lord. But I think they do what I call the bloodless gospel. The one, two, three, repeat after me. And uh, we like to watch Tucker Carlson sometimes and we'll watch Fox News. And here comes Franklin Graham on Fox News with a little 20 second. If you're a sinner, pray after me. Oh, Lord, I'm a sinner. Please save me. Amen. Now you're saved. Just because you repeat something with the mouth doesn't mean you're safe. Right. Salvation is repentance, which is a change of mind. And you, you have to hear the gospel preached before you can believe it and be saved. And so Amen. like Bob said, you know, are they preaching the gospel there? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, and, and I've heard some, some of it, that they, they mention the blood of Jesus. But do they tell you to place your faith in the blood of Jesus? That's true revival. Um, and I don't want to take up all the time on here, but if you would, Greg, would you go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 25 for us? Yes, absolutely. Romans 3.25 tells us that our faith must be in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood atonement that saves us and faith in the blood. And guess what? A lot of churches don't preach that. They'll, they'll give lip service and mention the blood, but they don't tell you to place your faith in the blood. And this Ashbury revival comes from the Wesleyan movement, comes from Methodism. In many of your Methodist churches, they preach a faith plus works gospel, not a faith only gospel. So they're not telling you what to place your faith in. They're, they're telling you works. But look what it says, Romans 3.25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness. Okay, so who's righteous? Jesus is. For the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. When I realize I'm a sinner and I can't save myself and I trust in the blood alone, I'm saying I'm no good. I'm not, it's not anything I do that saves me. I'm trusting in what he did. I trust his blood. And uh, I'll close with this because I want to hear more from you guys too. But true revival throughout history has always come in a time of war or slaughter. And the greatest revivals in America were, were during the Civil War when people were dying. And it's just something about that when you see blood. First revival was, you know, in Rome and they're killing Christians in the Colosseum, seeing bloodshed. It points us to the blood, and we think about man's blood, and then, it, oh, well, Jesus shed his blood for us. And if you study the Civil War, it's just incredible how, how D.L. Moody, I believe it was, was going around and said there was more revival than he's ever seen in his life during the Civil War. Um, men on both sides would die in the battlefield and hold hands, singing Amazing Grace as they died because they got saved during the revival meetings in between the war. So I don't pray for war or any horrible thing. But a true revival points people to faith in the blood of Jesus. Amen. 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 That's absolutely awesome. And uh, just to kind of say something about that, uh, a little over four years ago, I came across Brother Breaker's video on how to know you're saved. And, you know, I grew up carrying the one, two, three, repeat after me and all these other different takes on how to be saved. But it was really just all these works and things that you would do yourself as uh, brother breaker puts it faith plus works. But, you know, I, I've told you guys pl- plenty of times on this channel on my own that, you know, there was a point in time when I was literally thought I could fix myself. But when I came to the end of myself by the grace of God, 
he uh the Lord Jesus had to put Robert Raker's video in my YouTube feed, and I watched that, and that was something I normally never would have watched. But when he broke it down and talked about putting our faith in the finished work in the blood of Jesus Christ, man, guys, that, that changed my life forever. You know, I had struggled with addiction my entire life with drugs, and uh, you name it, I've struggled with it, and I had never had any success in my life of being free from these things. But when I woke up that next morning, it felt like a supernatural squeegee just cleaned me up. And God's been good to me ever since and just helped me. I'm just so grateful for you, Brother Breaker. Well, I mean, well, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Awesome. Real, real quick, Romans 5.11 is also, if you don't mind, Greg. Uh, Romans 5.11, Paul preached on the atonement, and he preached justification by faith. So faith in what? Faith in the blood. So we have to receive him as Savior through faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And what does it say there? Uh, he says, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So when you receive the atonement, you're saved. But what else do you get? Joy. So there's real joy there. And I wonder. Speak of joy. Yeah. If, in this Ashbury thing, which is funny, ash, ash is smoke, you know, yeah. makes ash. In this Ashbury thing, do they have joy? Are these people fully joyous? I know when they do a lot of singing, it's easy to get into an emotional state. But, you know, when you walk out the door, that goes away. <laughs> but when you have Jesus and you're saved through his blood, it doesn't go away. That joy sticks with you. And that that assurance of knowing you're saved is just that's the most amazing. That's true revival. That's wonderful to know that, you know, that, you know, you're saved and you're not going to hell. That's wonderful. Hey, Amen. Amen. There's one uh, common theme, though, with with these events that are happening. Um yeah, they, they, they may have um, certain people there in certain groups that are diametrically opposed to what God wants for humans. Um, and you mentioned that earlier. And the other thing, it, they may or may not have been there. We don't know. But if they were and they weren't there repenting and they were there leading a service, that's not good. The other thing, though, that was that I was mentioning is common, uh, is that you're right. They're not teaching the gospel, but what they're teaching is to become powerful and become leaders and to take over uh, worldly systems. Keep keep going, keep going. And um, and and the fact is, is that. The, 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 that type of, of teaching and that type of uh, community building in terms of that uh, movement or whatever is a kingdom now movement. Mm-hmm. It is um, it, it, the NAR that you just uh, showed there, uh, the new uh, 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 was apostolic reformation. Um, the, the, those people actually believe that, that, that they need to be, to be the ultra powerful and take over all the systems of the, of the world in order for Jesus to return. You see? Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is what's called kingdom. Now um, mm-hmm. move, the movement is that the, the that people are um, coming together in order to take over the world and make it good so that Jesus can return. Now, Obviously, we we all understand that that is not biblical in any sense, way, shape, or form. We all know 
that before Jesus comes, it is actually the worst time on this planet uh, and that wherever will be in the future as well. So before and after. So that, that time period is going to be the worst. It is not going to get better. And people don't need to do anything in order for Christ to return. <laughs> it, is not, uh, it is not something that, that Jesus is waiting on us to do something, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the simple fact is, is that there is no such thing in the Bible as this kingdom now movement. And so basically what you just showed there and what I'm talking about is that they are planning this, you see? They are seeding this, and then they are filling people's heads with this information so that they are causing what looks like a revival. This Mm -hmm. is deceitful, okay? This is deceiving people into believing that the actual gospel is being preached and people are being saved. Instead, there is heresy being taught and people are being deceived. I can see that. You know, I like what you brought up there, uh, Robert Ashbury. Ash, what do we see going on a lot around the country right now? A whole lot of ash. Yeah, Uh we see a lot of fires breaking out. You know, these fires when that when that train derailed on February third. When when did this Ashbury thing break out? Right around the same time. Yeah, it was pretty close. There's another one. We got uh, a uranium factory. There are reminds me of your video, Bob. You had all the you had a map of the United States and just smoke plumes coming out of everywhere. Yeah, ash. There's your ash, ash right there. All over, right? Yeah. And, and and people are being poisoned uh, by that ash. Wow. Um, yeah. Hey, Greg, you got that clip I sent you? The um Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the, I do. Go ahead, Kevin. Hold this up while he's talking. Because I made that clip. I actually made a clip and I might actually it's called the uh for you. Greg, it's called the Nuclear Destruction of America. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. But, yep, uh, I have it. If you play it, it kind of looks like uh, I love. I love them play it. So here, this what this what's happening right now. That's Ohio. Now this is what's happening over the country. One crash after another, after another, after another. Okay. Now what does this look like? Well, this is the situation that we're in right now. Okay, mm-hmm. but. This also looks like a nuclear, you know, attack. Okay. Mm. This also looks like a nuclear attack. This also, I talked about in this video, this is what's happening right now during this Shemitah cycle. It's a warning of what's Mm. to come in the next Shemitah cycle. And Mm. historically, we have seen whatever takes place in one seven-year cycle, it's a mini preview of what is to come in the next cycle. Okay. So here we are with all these smoke plumes popping up all over the country now. So one, this could be leading to towards nuclear war. Uh, God showing us a picture of nuclear war. God showing us a picture of wormwood, where the waters mm-hmm. become bitter. Okay, mm-hmm. He's showing us a picture of the Revelation eight mountains of fire hitting hit, hitting the planet. Okay, He's showing us all these things that are going to be taking place in the next seven year cycle. Okay. Uh, another one would be um, the um, Russia said that they can bomb the um, the uh, Yellowstone National Park super volcano. Mm-hmm. Would this look like the super volcano going off in America mm. during the tribulation? <laughs> that would totally make sense. And so right now we're seeing a mini preview of what is to come in the next cycle. 
And guess well, what? All this stuff happening here right now, think about it. What's happening? All of our water is being tainted now. All the water supplies are being tainted now. It's, this stuff is starting to seep all over the country. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's taking out our wildlife. So when there's no food, you can't hunt it because everything's dead. It's killing all the fish. It's killing off our wildlife. Okay, so you can't hunt for food. All right. We had all the, we have, of course, all the chickens being wiped out at the processing plants. We had 150 processing plants wiped 200 out. 200 plus now, Bob. Yeah, 200 plus. So what are we looking at? A genocide. We're looking at a genocide right now taking place. And now we have all these fires breaking out. And what's the, what's, what's, the, what's going on? Well, according to the Deagle reports, the United States would be depopulated by 90% by 2024. That's that's next year, guys. So mm-hmm. if that's going to happen by next year, what should be happening right now to achieve that next year? Mm-hmm. We're looking at it. Yep. We're looking at everything. Right. Everything that's happening right now is going to lead to that. And once the water supply completely, completely becomes tainted, uh, they show that within the first five days, number one cause of death is waterborne illnesses. Mm-hmm. Lack of water. So now they're going after our water supplies now. Okay. Right. So that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm not, I'm not even getting involved with the nuclear war in China and Biden poking at the bear and trying to get China to invade this country and all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what's happening right now definitely will weaken this country to a point where if China invades, they said they will invade in 2025. And when they invade, they don't want to deal with 390 million people. They only may have to deal with about 30 million people, according to the Deagle reports. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then they can invade and take it over and then occupy America like they've said in print 10 times and like they said vocally about eight times. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it's designed destruction on purpose is what we're seeing. Yeah. It gets yeah. to a point where it can't be statistically coincidence anymore Mm -hmm. no we're seeing train wreck after train wreck after train wreck after train wreck and what is it poultry places burning up after poultry place after it there's no doubt the way to look at this is someone's doing this on purpose yeah and who would benefit from this other than a communist because Mm -hmm. communists say top down bottom up inside out and that's what Mm -hmm. we're seeing from the top down from the inside out everything being destroyed to take over this country um, also, let me mention too, it's Asbury, A-S-B-U-R-Y, not Ashbury. I just mm-hmm. figured that out. But it seems like everyone I've talked to calls it Ashbury. We insert <laughs> that's it. strange, isn't it? So, I guess because we got ashes on the brain, we're thinking right. about all the ashes we're seeing being. Oh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. You see him? Uh, yeah, yeah. There. With their Ash Wednesday. Got Mark of the Beast going oh, on. That's know. another <laughs> Ash. It's Ash right. Wednesday. And I saw Biden had yeah. that on. Isn't that wild? Biden too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, virtue Ashbury, but it sure sounds like Ashbury, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't wow. it amazing? Greg, I think so, you were right yeah. when you said that if, when you let off with, are we seeing the destruction of America? You know, I, and I think that we, that, that, that all of us have to agree that the answer is yes. We're seeing the destruction of the United States from, from within. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it starts at the very top. And it started at the very top years ago before Biden was was elected. Let's be honest. I mean, we, we, we saw the, the, this this destruction continue and ramp up during, um, the, you know, this, the, this 
thing that we had the last few years that, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it's so-called, but I just did. But um, the point is, is that it, during that period of time, just this week now, we we have people who are saying in the government that, you know, hey, this looks like a, a lab leak situation. And anybody who spoke about lab leak was utterly destroyed, called names, called canceled, and so forth. And isn't it always the fact that it goes one way, is that the truth is always suppressed and that it's shut down. And then, you know, maybe years later, it's determined, oh, but does anyone ever pay for that? You know, does anyone ever be held accountable for that? It's not so much that the fact is, is that, that, that they didn't know or they didn't want to say or whatever. But the fact is they said now, oh, well, there's not really a consensus. Well, let me tell you something. There was a consensus before, and it was the other way. It was the wrong thing, and that was the consensus. That's the problem, is that there is no debate. There is no freedom of, of uh, ideas and, and discourse to actually come to the truth anymore because they don't want you to come to the truth. And so that willful deceit and the deceiving that's going on is exactly what is causing all of this destruction from within. When you don't have truth, all you have left is lies. And all lies do and all deceit does is destroy. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, Biden's, you know, Biden's Department of Energy declared that this uh, outbreak came from the Wuhan lab, according to the Wall Street Journal. Okay. Right. Like we're talking about. And you know what? If they would have said this, you know, if they would have said this three years ago, they would have got thrown off of Twitter. They would have got fact-checked into exactly. a You know, but now the the uh, statute of limitation of conspiracies has passed for them. Right. right. They, made the they needed to make. They they got everybody shot up. They needed to get shot up. Okay. Yeah. They got the controls. They wanted to get control. The, they, they established the controls yeah. they needed. So it's a, they got everything they want. It's like, you know what? Exactly. Yeah, talk about it. You know, that's like, you know, that's like you, you stole something from somebody's home and you're right. standing right by the front door and you start mocking them as you run out the door. Right. You know, so it's like, that's where they're at right now. Yeah. You know, but listen, you know, their destruction has already been accomplished, right? So, that, yeah. I mean, but but the thing is, is like no one's ever going to hold them to account because the people who actually hold pe other people to account, they're in cahoots with them any already. So they're certainly not going to turn on their own. This is a this is a tribe of evil that we're up against. And we can see this uh, in a spiritual sense as well, because it just so happens that the majority of those people are not saved. Wow, what a coincidence that the majority of those people are either atheist or they don't believe in Jesus or they believe in some false god or whatever it may be. But the simple fact is, is that they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't have discernment like we do. And so when we see that happening and we say, hey, get some common sense, get, get some, you know, think about some things, use some discernment. They simply can't do it. They're not able to because they don't have the knowledge of the truth within them. Come on, man. Yeah. So, exactly. As on, discouraging man. as this all is, it still encourages me because there's a principle here that the truth always does come out. Yeah. And that's even if it takes several years. And I feel like they've wasted two years of our lives. 
but it wasn't a waste for me because those two years I was saying, no, that's not right. No, I don't wear a mask. No, I'm not doing it. And now it's, it's wonderful to be, what is the word? Um, vindicated? Vindicated, yeah. I was going to say vilified. That's the wrong word. No, no, it's vindicated. vindicated. And know you're right, but you don't want to be prideful. It's sad. But the thing is, there's still people out there that won't believe the truth. There's still people out there that say, no, no, they told me that it wasn't from the lab, so I can't believe that. Right. They will not accept the fact that they've been lied to and that they are deceived. And that's the scariest thing, because when you're deceived, you don't understand that you're deceived. You think you're right. Right. That's what's so scary about deception is you literally think you're right, but exactly. you're not. You're deceived. And, and we you stick to the word. Those are the same people that are going to accept a false messiah. A false messiah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they right. don't stick to the word. They don't read the word. Yeah. They don't understand because they don't understand the authority of the word of God. They'll believe, they'll they'll believe a lie. They'll they believe, believe a lie. lie. And the they reason why they believe the lie is because they don't believe the truth. <laughs> and the truth is Jesus. <laughs> and so when you believe in Jesus and you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, the next Amen. thing you know, everything makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Exactly. Yeah, they 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 really Amen. been pulling the the wool over everybody's eyes over the last four years. Not mine. You know, twenty twenty was a virus. Twenty twenty one was a shot to the arm. Twenty twenty two was Ukraine, and now twenty twenty three we got this uh, UFO uptick now. <laughs> there you okay. go. So it's like one thing after another. And what did the WEF said? It's going to be the year of the poly crisis. Mm. Multiple yeah. crises. They weren't kidding. Of course, we all know that they're causing them. I mean, come on, this exactly. is ridiculous. It's actually getting comical how many of these trains are going off the rails, how many mysterious explosions are taking place. I'm starting to get a little worried because I'm like 40 minutes away from the BP uh, British Petroleum plant in Whiting, Whiting Indiana. All right. Yeah. So that's like not that far from me. Yeah, you're right next to the crossroads, Bob. You're, wow. you're like right there at the convergence of everything. So yep. you're, the, you're gonna be the yeah. If you if we stick around, you're you're gonna be one of the first to go. Yeah, yeah. I will. I, I, it's <laughs> like the crossroads of Indiana Route 30 US 41 right there. Crossroads. That's a big, mm. huge intersection, and I can see why. If you drop a nuke right there, there aren't any tall, super tall buildings, so it's a like perfect right. height, 20 feet, mm. and it'll take out the most people because That's if right. you go like thir- four or five miles this way in each direction, fully populated. It's just a great well, location to drop. It's any consolation to Bob, at least he'd be the first to go up. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I could do the math. I would actually burn to death. I wouldn't, I wouldn't die from the from the blast. I would actually die from the burn from because the burn? it'd be so hot right where I'm at. So, yeah, yeah, it'll but it'll be it, like, it, it'll be it, like it, you know what's going to happen. It'll be like when it yeah. happens, it'll be like, oh, is this the rapture? And then <laughs> I appear in heaven. It's like, no, you died. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's a quick burn. So, yeah, it's a quick burn. Don't worry. It's a dry heat. It's fine. Yeah. You, you, you're the first, one of the first to go up because the dead in Christ rise first. So, yeah. you know, it's nice to be first if you're going to die. I mean, at least you have to listen. We have hope. And that's, that's all that matters. Whether we die or whether we live, we have hope. And we know yeah. our final destination. And Listen, for, for a lot of people in this world, they don't have the same hope that we do. Amen. And it's really sad because you see them every day on television, in the media, on everything, and they just are searching. You can see that they're searching for the truth, and they're trying to grasp at every little thing. And like you said, Robert, 
they'll grasp onto the lies. They'll grasp onto the seat and, and actually believe it's true. And they will, they will refuse to give it up. But, and, and I got to hope that many of those people are going to turn around and repent during the tribulation. Um, that's all we can really hope and pray for at that point, And that they're not part of the people who actually blaspheme God, even though when they know that God's sending judgment on them. Yep. It's, it's kind of funny as we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking the lies are harder to swallow than the truth. So, <laughs> They actually have to have more faith to believe the lie than the truth. So exactly. lost people and religious people are are more faith than we do because <laughs> yeah. they're believing something that's so far fetched you can't believe. So yeah, that's what like Jim always said about evolution, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like evolution. you believe in evolution, you got to have a lot more faith than believing in a creator and a designer. Like all this yep. stuff just came out of random chance. I mean, come on, that is so far fetched. Right. You have to have the ultimate faith in just chaos theory in order to believe that. And right. yet we get everything that we see and the evidence of things that we don't see as well. Also, all points to a designer, mm-hmm. a master creator of all. Yeah. You got to have a lot of faith not to believe in a master creator. Amen. Right. Yeah. You got to have a lot of faith not to believe in all the signs that are taking place right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. uh, we were talking before the show started. I mean, uh, Robert was talking about the Revelation 12 sign. Okay. And it's funny, uh, Robert, I was talking about that because I just put out a video dealing with the Revelation 12 sign. You did. And how it's such a huge indicator of the rapture resurrection about to take place. Now, I know Scotty Clark might have written it off, even though he discovered it, but it's actually a sign of the mm-hmm. rapture. A lot of people thought that the that the, the resurrection, rapture resurrection is going to happen right when that uh, sign took place. No, it that sign took place during this seven-year Shemitah cycle, okay? And whatever happens in this cycle, like I was talking about with the smoke plumes, it's an indicator of what's coming in the next seven-year cycle, mm-hmm. okay? And if, Greg, you pull up picture number five that I sent you, I want sure. to show you guys something interesting that I showed in my video, why I think that the Revelation 12 sign is such a huge indicator that the rapture resurrection is going to take place. Okay. But yeah, it's picture, picture. Five number five. Okay. Here we go. Five. Okay. So, so what happened, what happened in, what happened in this past, uh, what happened in this past seven years, we had two major signs take place. Now we had a lot of blood moons. We had a ton of, uh, Blood moons, we had solar eclipses, stuff like that. I'm not going to focus on those. What I want to focus on are these two very rare, unique signs. First of all, we had the sign here with uh, Bethlehem. Well, we go in order. The uh, Revelation 12 sign, well, the, the Beth, Revelation 12 sign came out in 2017. Then the Bethlehem star showed up later. Okay. But here in this, in this illustration here, we have the Revelation 12 sign taking place on, on 2000, 2017, September 23rd. What does that represent? The body of Christ, the birth of the body of Christ. What is the birth of the body of Christ? It is the birth, that is our birth, the corporate birth of the body of Christ at the rapture resurrection. Okay, mm-hmm. so that sign took place, all right? So here we say in this illustration, you see the body of Christ, all right? So the body's here, but then we also saw the head appear shortly after that. And what does a Bethlehem star represent? It represents Jesus Christ. He's mm-hmm. the head of the church. So the Bethlehem star appeared. Okay. And now if you can go to uh, clip number six, Greg. So 
what happened after so basically what happened is the head and the body appeared so in that sign the head and the body came together that were there was a meeting in the air there was a meeting in the heavens of the body of christ and the head there's a meeting of the church and the meeting of the head of the church jesus christ and what does it say in first thessalonians 4 16 17 he descends from heaven with a shout the voice of an archangel trumpet of god the dead Christ shall rise first, and then we who are alive and remain should be called up to meet them in the air, meet Jesus in the air like we're meeting him here right now, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, and so shall ever the body be connected to the head. Mm-hmm. So you have the head of the church and the body of the church showing up, okay? Mm-hmm. And then if you go to picture number seven, Greg, and then after that, there's another part of the sign was the crown of 12 stars, mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens with us after the rapture, resurrection, everybody, the body of Christ? We go to the judgment seat of Christ. We are given our crowns. What happens during the during the throughout the scope of the book of Revelation? Jesus receives his crowns. Okay, so Jesus is receiving our crowns. We are receiving our crowns. So you had all three components: the body of Christ, the head of Christ, and the crowns, all represented in. These signs here in this during this seven year Shemitah cycle indicating what's to come potentially in the next seven year Shemitah cycle, and of course, what that what's that going to be pointing at the rapture resurrection event, exactly. Okay, so I think everybody should get really excited. <laughs> well, about- and the simple fact is like <laughs> Revelation 12 1 and 2 says there's a great sign. Uh, you know, a mega sign basically is what it is in, in, in Greek, a mega sign. And so a sign doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen on that day. Although I think we all hoped it would, <laughs> but it, it's a sign. And so what is it doing? It's pointing towards something in the future. And as Bob has pointed out through his videos and what he said here today is that there's this setup that happens in one Shemitah cycle that basically is a precursor to what's going to happen in the following one. And, you know, what's amazing is that we're coming up, you know, next year on the seventh anniversary of this sign. So the question is, is like, will this fulfillment take place prior to or at the seventh, uh, you know, the, the, the seventh anniversary? It seems like the amazing part is that this was a once in, you know, like you said in the video today, I love when you said it once and forever sign it does it, it, in other words it's not repeatable it never happened before and it's never going to happen again it was a one-time thing and it just so happens that it occurred right you know just what six six years ago so less than a little less than six years ago so the simple fact is, is that it's put right in that period of time where we see all this convergence of timelines and of prophecy and so forth to see that happen it's not a coincidence that it's right there. Okay. It's there for a reason. And I think you cannot ignore that sign. So yeah, you, can't, um, you can't ignore reading, the simplicity of it. Reading Genesis, they're they're talking about things all the time in Genesis that correspond with the constellations and the stars. And the Genesis has the seven good years with Joseph and the seven bad years. So mm-hmm. if this was the seven good years, then the seven bad years would be the seven year tribulation. And mm-hmm. it just seems like that. That means the rapture has to be this year, right? Or next, but this year would be the best. But I don't see how it could be past next year. I don't. 
None of us can claim that we know it, right, Robert? I mean, none of us can claim we know the day of the rapture. We know that the, that the rapture will happen on the day of the rapture. But that's right. as far, there's my quote. Um, but that is about as far as that we know. But w- what we can see, though, and, and what you just said there is that it seems like that it is on the cusp, that it's right there, that no other time in history has it been this close and that we and that we've seen all these things converging. I think a lot of us are having a difficult time seeing us here in even two years from now. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. We'd all be dead right. and blown up in a nuclear war. I'm realizing I'm still here. Right. Hey, Greg, you bring up picture number three. Okay, let me sure. let me just interject this, Bob, because I want to make sure. sure. So you're basically saying that every Shemitah, God tells you what's going to happen in the next one through the stars. Are there any verses in the Bible on that? And that does make sense because all through history, men looked at the stars as as telling you, oh, something's coming. So do you have any verses on that? No, I didn't look up any verses on that. Okay. I can. But I'm doing it basically based off of the uh, based off of just history and events that have taken place before you know you'll see signs and stuff take place it doesn't have to be judgment signs you know it doesn't have to right. be good stuff that's happening the eclipse you know, of the, america the x that it makes too is that next year that's the second one it is the first one, a, i think it's like april april something april just a coincidence, right no there's so many coincidences that they yeah. can't be coincidences right 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 all right here we go bringing it up so what Robert was talking about right here was the uh, seven years of feast and seven years of famine. So 2016, I just put out a video and people uh, could go watch it. I believe, according to what the Bible says, that uh, the beginning of the year is at Nisan 1. It goes to Adar 30 the following year. I mean, that completes the whole year. Nisan 1 to Adar, Adar 30. It's not uh, Tishri 1. Because Tishri 1 is the uh, first day of the seventh month. That's the middle of the year. God only has one calendar. It starts on the Psalm 1. So next month, we'll start the new seven-year cycle. And the seven-year cycle started, this seven-year cycle started around the Psalm 1 in the spring of 2016. And what did we see happen? The economy started going up because Trump made an announcement that he was going to run for president. So everything started going up. Stock market started going up. Everything started moving up. Slowly, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really kicking in the gear super well, but it was starting to increase. And then, yeah. of course, he became president and changed everything. And we just saw the world's greatest economy that, you know, in the history of the world, the United States. Yeah. And that happened and it peaked around 2020. Of course, we all know what happened that year. Okay. Yep. So after that, it peaked and it came right crashing right back down, right where we started, back to even worse right before the beginning of the next seven-year cycle, starting in the Psalm 1 of 2023. So the the feast, of, people think that the year, the seven years of feast, like what happened with Joseph, it wasn't like seven years of like straight up, like, you know, just great, 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 and falls off the cliff. It was a gradual increase and a gradual decrease, mm. okay? And because of when the seven years of famine began, it, it began, it hit the starting line running. Okay, and we are definitely going to hit the starting line running if this next seven year cycle is a semi tribulation, which will totally make sense to me. 
And since we just went through this incredible time of feast, which, by the way, the greatest economy in the history of the world just took place. Yeah. This, this cycle. And look and how quickly they crashed. It represented it. seven years of feast. This was it. Yep. Okay. Look how quickly they crashed it, Bob. They just destroyed it in like a matter of a snap. I mean, they it was it was just overnight almost. And that just goes to show you when these people get in concert with each other, what what they can do. And isn't it amazing that they're talking about a worldwide famine coming in 2023? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing all the call signs of famine, destruction, war. And like I said, remember that, that illustration I just showed you. Those smoke plumes taking place right now, that's not going away. That That's that's getting into our water now. Something's coming. You can't, that, the cat's out of the bag. Okay, so a can of worms is all over the place now. There's no fix yeah. this now. Yeah, we uh, get our water from the Ohio, so that's yeah. not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to share well, the smoke. Ten percent of the, United, the people in the United States get their water from the Ohio. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, for the people just coming in, this is Bob's uh, animation. Um, talking about the smoke plumes around the U.S., but yeah, uh, we we have we have all this stuff going on. And there's there's going back to the revival thing because we can we can tie this into what's going on right now in Asbury uh, with all this stuff going on. People, why wouldn't we want to see revival, right? Why why wouldn't we want to see a move of God? We do want to see that, right? But do we see that in Scripture? Do we see uh, a revival, a major revival in uh, the times of the end, the last days, or the beginning of sorrows? Do we see any of that in Scripture? And the answer mm-hmm. to that is no. Um, so this is one of the reasons why we're, uh, maybe for the lack of a better word, skeptical on this. Um, but we are discerning, right? We, we, that's a better word. We're discerning on the, this whole aspect of the revivals and the pockets of revivals. I believe this is just the beginning of that. Uh, and, uh, brother Robert Breaker, you were bringing up some new, uh, information, uh, just on your phone about the Pope and uh, Rick Warren, Pastor Rick Warren coming to that area. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and wanting to promote this, uh, condone. So the, this is another area we, we have to be careful of because that's to me is screams. That's a uh, red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. Red flag. You, you so, hear uh, Warren and that's a red flag right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we don't have to elaborate on on Rick Warren. I mean, yeah, that that could be from an, for another uh, for another webcast. But you know, we always encourage everyone, the listeners, do your own research on these pastors. Um, certainly, Rick Warren. Um, you know, there's some controversial things about him, and uh, he's certainly trying to push the ecumenical movement, uh, uh, especially with meeting the Pope and having the Pope come to that area now is just screaming red flag, like you said, Kevin. So we're, we're seeing um, a, a, the right, the rider on the white horse about to, about to ride any moment now. Um, there's going to be a, a one world religion. This is the coexist movement. And it's, it's all of this is screaming that. Um, so we do have to be, we do have to be careful folks. Do not get sucked into this because there will be believers that will want to say, well, listen, it, it could be that, you know, the, this is a move of God, or perhaps there are people who are going to be saved. Uh, and, you know, 
Spencer has been, you know, getting uh, hounded uh, by numerous people. From what I hear, I mean, he's been saying that he's being bashed like crazy by believers saying, how could you, how high would you judge um, about this stuff? We're, we're supposed to judge. Absolutely. We're supposed to judge rightly, judge correctly, right? Um, otherwise, we can get sucked into this and get sucked into the deception. We don't want that. We don't want that for you. And we want this to be something where we as believers can come together and really judge this correctly and uh, respond to it in the right way. So It's our job to test the spirits. Okay. Amen. If we don't do that, we're not doing what we're told to do. We have to do that. We must do that. And we have to put it to the test, everything. So what is that? That's a judgment. And so if you're not doing that and just blatantly following them and just saying, why are you look, why are you questioning it? You're no better than any, any of the unbelievers who are doing that all, all the time. Just as Robert said earlier, he's like, I'm not going to accept that truth. I'm just going to go ahead and keep on believing because that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. They didn't test it. They they, they, don't, they don't have any discernment about that, and that's that, that's the problem now. Is that they that they'll preach non-sound doctrine, and people will go for that. And they and if you give them sound doctrine and say this kingdom now stuff is is bunk and is junk, they'll attack you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the two verses Second uh, Thessalonians two three tells us there'll be a falling away. It doesn't say there'll be a revival. And the verse that all these people go to when they talk about revival seems they always go back to the Old Testament to Second Chronicles 7.14. And can you pull that up? And, and when we read that, I don't see that happening in America. <laughs> no. I see more gay pride parades. I see more people uh, attacking. They're rewriting the books. That's full-fledged communism when you're rewriting books. Uh, England said they wanted to come out and ban Shakespeare. When you're bannering literature, you're in a bad world of hurt. And Did so, you see that clip uh, of the of the priest or the preacher, um, Robert, who was saying, "God is gay, God is lesbian." Yeah, he doesn't um, know all God. Does he? God is straight? God is this and that. You are God, and God is you. I mean, uh-huh. that, that is like trans movement to me. He's transing everything. Yeah, that's a preacher who's saying that. Yeah. And yeah, the, the ultimate trance is the devil. Because have you ever seen a picture of Baphomet? Yeah. He's part man, part goat. He's trans animal human. He's part man, part woman because he's got breasts. So the devil's the first tranny. He wants to be the shifter, the shapeshifter, the changer. Um, so I see all this stuff and it just makes me. Right. But uh, Second Chronicles 7.14, many people love to go to this verse. Well, first of all, it's Old Testament. But it says, my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a pastor read this. And for some reason, he leaves out and turn from their wicked ways. It's like, he I don't know if it's its a Freudal slip and his brain just reads over that and doesn't want it. But he leaves that part out and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Do you really believe that all of America will turn from their wicked ways? I don't see that because our government through this civil rights movement have taken civil rights into the direction of taking things that are anti-biblical and claiming that's a right. And so the civil rights movement has become an anti-God movement. Amen. The only way we could have revival is to get back to the Bible. And to do that, we'd have to go against the direction that their agenda is, that they're pushing everything to. Right. 
And, and, it's, and it's an agenda of division. It is. Okay. It's an agenda of division. It is not an agenda of God and bringing people together. It's not about civil rights anymore. It's about actually dividing uh, based on race, gender, and so forth, which right. actually is anti what anti-biblical because it says that there is no male or female. There is no race in, in, for the body of Christ. Okay. That's where you want to be. And actually that was what Martin Luther King Jr.'s hope was, was that one day there wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. Right. I mean, and yet the same people who revere him so much are doing exactly the opposite. He was still alive today. Oh, I'm telling you, he, he, he probably wouldn't be, would he be able to even understand and can see that, that that's where they took his words and actually started implementing that, how they're doing that today. Yeah. He was their yeah. martyr, and then they changed it and hijacked it. It's not civil rights, it's civil riots. Right. <laughs> because they're right. using all that to riot in the street and burn things. And it's basically communism, divide and conquer. And a house divided against itself shall not stand. So that's just another of the many ways they're destroying our country. You know what came to my mind? What, what came to my mind, uh, brothers, is um, I know he's speaking to the Jews here, but specifically in Matthew 24, Jesus, uh, you know, goes out and departs from the temple. And he tells he tells his disciples, see not all these things. Verily, verily, verily I say unto you, there shall, shall not be one left, uh, one stone upon another. And uh, then he, he said, um, there will be many, going into verse 5, uh, money coming in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Um, this is the beginning of sorrows. We have to keep that in mind, folks. So, I mean, we can be in that period. We are in that period. But And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see not be troubled for all these things must come to pass. Now, the interesting thing is um, uh, they go goes on to say that there are many false prophets shall rise. And then uh, we go further on and... Um, you know, he talks about how there are going to be uh, a number of false Christs in 24, uh, 24 over 24. For shall false Christs and false prophets show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible, they shall de- deceive the elect. Mm. And then going on to verse 26, um, behold, uh, if someone says the Christ is in the desert, do not go forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Um, I can kind of equate some of this also going on with pockets of false revivals because Mm. they're saying Christ is here. And you see these people all over the world flocking to to Kentucky just Mm. to have revival. Can't revival happen in our hearts? Can it happen in the location of our homes, wherever we are, in the location we are in? Jesus can meet us where we're at. We don't have to go flocking to another location in the world to experience revival, to experience. We're, we're having revival right now. Amen. 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 I, love what, I love what you said there. False Christ. You know, I never noticed that. False Christ with S, plural, and mm-hmm. false prophets doing great signs and wonders. Right. So basically, for there shall be false, there shall rise false Christ, so many Christ's, and many false prophets, and they all shall show great signs and wonders. So yeah. right now, we are seeing a lot of freaks showing up right now, aren't we? Well, okay, one of them's got 24,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube, Bob. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah Bob, but Bob gave him the thumbs down. Okay, so, so did the duck. Yeah, yeah so did the duck. Up. I mean, you know. You got all these guys. Yeah, we're starting to see them now. And, uh, I, you know, are we going to see a bunch of uh, bunch of runner-ups taking place to get everybody excited? So that way when the main act actually shows up, he's just going to blow them all away. I think I, – I really do believe when the real – the real false Christ, real antichrist shows up. He's going to need like Project Blue Beam and all kinds of stuff to do stuff for him, man. Mm, yeah, you know he ain't yeah. going to be that powerful. Well, it does say all lying signs and wonders. I mean, mm-hmm. so you're talking about the kitchen sink, right? I mean, the, the, like Satan is going to throw the kitchen sink at the world to deceive them uh, into accepting uh, the, the, this false messiah. And the false prophet is going to be right there along his side doing these miracles and signs and wonders that, like Greg said, if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. That's very powerful stuff when you consider it, okay? Like, that, like the, the people on this in this earth right now, they'll fall for almost anything. So what's going to happen when there's actually, like, amazing great signs and wonders? They're so gullible, they're going to fall for that, too. And the only thing that's going to save you from actually not falling for that is having the truth inside you, the faith in Jesus Christ. Right. That's a blocker. That's a shield, right? I mean, that's like the armor of God that we talk about that protects you from those things that come in and try to make you feel one way or another. Or, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is based on emotional stuff, emotions and stuff. And what, what is all that? That's all in your soul. These people are feeding their soul to their death is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so I see three most important doctrines as the blood, the book, and the blessed hope, salvation, sanctification, and the scriptures. And a true revival you think would would be about the blood. Why aren't they telling you faith in the blood? Why aren't they King James? Because all the other Bibles are watered down. At this Asbury thing, did you ever see anyone holding a Bible? Um, I, no one. No. If it was a revival, it would be all about the preaching, and it would all be about we can't wait to hear more from the Word of God. And, and right. then... The blessed hope. Why are so many that claim to be Christians running around saying there's no rapture? I get those emails every day now. There's no such thing as a rapture or there's no pre-trip. And it's getting worse and worse. That's the falling away. That's what I see. So a true revival would take us back to that, not away from it. Unwise. Being unwise, right? I mean, uh, listen, not I was once a rapture believer and I am no more. What is that? That is a loss and a lack of faith, okay? It's what it is. It's a falling away. It's a, it's it's an unwise decision. It's have not having your lamp full. It's all those things put into one which makes you not ready for the rapture when it happens. The the, the only saving grace about those people is that that is that they're they're probably the ones who are not going to be deceived, okay? If they if they don't if they don't go if they're not raptured and they and they and they're left behind, at least they have a, a really good shot of not being deceived and being uh, you know one of the martyrs. Okay, that's 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 their best case scenario really for them. Yeah. And I, I would think that a lot of them are probably going to be like that. They're going to when listen when the rapture happens, there are going to be many people who are going to be like, know exactly what it is, okay? What just mm-hmm. occurred. They know. Mm-hmm. Especially those who were said, I used to believe in it, and now I don't anymore. If they're not raptured, and they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to know that that was the rapture, because everyone that they've talked to that said it was the rapture and were filled with the Holy Spirit are not there anymore. Right. 
Right. You know, what I did I talk about last week, guys? Go I ahead, talked go about ahead. last week that when we get saved, there's body, soul, and spirit. And there's only one gospel that saves all three of our parts. That's the gospel of grace. Okay. Jesus shed blood the cross, and our gospel through Apostle Paul is the gospel of grace, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Okay. That's our gospel right now in the dispensation of grace that we are in. When God ends this dispensation and closes it out, he finishes everything dealing with it, which means he finishes off with us. So what does he do? After the gospel of grace is no longer valid, it expires. He has to, one, resurrect the dead, give them the new mortal bodies, and catch away those who are living to tie up all the loose ends. And what happens at that point? Well, when we first get saved, we the Bible says that we are sealed until the day of redemption. We are sealed spiritually. Uh, Ephesians 1, 13, 14, Ephesians 4, 30. Okay, spiritually sealed, born again, sealed, Spirit of God. Okay, our spirit is dealt with, all right? But our body has to be dealt with still. God knows we are three parts. The gift of salvation is for all three of our parts, okay? First phase is our spirit. The second phase of the gift comes at the corporate birth of the body of Christ, okay? When everybody, see, each member of the body, God knew this was going to take 2,000, 2000 years to do this. So each member of the body is spiritually reborn individually until that very last one is reborn. And then God's like, okay, since you're all reborn spiritually, now it's time to give you all at one time a rebirth of your bodies, your spiritual bodies. And that happens as rapture resurrection at the end of the age of grace. Of course, this dispensation, when it comes to an end, that happens. That's how God closes out the age of grace. But problem, and I, what did I say last week? That what's God going to do? If there's no rapture resurrection, so you mean to tell me we go into the next dispensation of the seven-year tribulation, and now my, I'm spiritually sealed, but my body has not been saved yet because the rapture hasn't taken place? So what? I, my body has to get saved through the kingdom gospel, the preaching Revelation 14 angel. It has to get saved by that gospel. So my spirit gets saved by the gospel of grace. And since I lived long enough to go into the tribulation, now my body has to get saved by the kingdom gospel. Sounds okay, it doesn't make any sense at all. No, so no. that's why the rapture resurrection has to take place. And the other reason is, if we stay here, Robert, what would happen? When, when, when this whole thing goes down, the, the tribulation begins, I will keep preaching the gospel of grace. I'm not going to preach the kingdom gospel. Okay, right. my apostle told me if an angel from heaven came down told me to preach the gospel, he would ever be cursed. Okay, so I cannot accept a, uh, a gospel from an angel. Right. who will be the Revelation 14 angel. So I will keep preaching the gospel of grace. But then you're going to have the Revelation 14 angel preaching the, the gospel, the everlasting gospel, which is contrary to the one we're saved by. Right. So there's going to be all this confusion. God well, not only, that, not only that. Yeah. So he has to that. remove you us. Got, you've got one more thing. You've got one more it thing as well. Sense. Yeah. Okay. And one, and one big thing is that you, um, is that the restraining force that's holding back the Antichrist and the beast system, it needs to be removed in order for that to actually be manifested. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have already d- happened, okay? Sure, we mentioned sure. this. We mentioned this, is that for 2,000 years, there's been this restraining force on uh, on the planet, and, 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 and the Antichrist has not yet been revealed. There's a reason for that. Why? We're still here. We are still the light, and we are still the salt, and we are still the restraining force with the Holy Spirit inside of us that's holding back that evil force, Bob. 
Otherwise, the evil force would have ran us over. But the evil force can't run us over because it says that the gates of hell can't prevail against us. Amen. And therefore, Amen. we must be removed prior to the Antichrist being revealed and his system taking place and evil manifesting on the in the world because that is when the light is removed and darkness can go in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine a world where there's no Holy Spirit and no Christians? Yeah. We're the only ones that are wanting to live a moral life. You take care you take out all morality. Mm-hmm. Wow, the world's horrible. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see evil just filling that gap. And you can see people accepting that evil. That's exactly what's going to take place. And this is a, that, that's why all this makes sense and why nothing except for a pre-tribulation rapture makes sense. That right, exactly. Every other thing, oh, it's halfway through or this and that. Well, where's the dividing line? When, has the Antichrist already been revealed or not? When the first seal is open, is the Antichrist not, not, not part of that? I guess they don't think he is. I don't know. You have to make up so many things and jump so, through so many hoops in order to make your doctrine fit, uh, no matter where it is, except for pre-tribulation. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, people don't realize, you know, oh, I, I, I don't believe in the rapture anymore. I said, well, you haven't read your Bible. Okay, <laughs> according to Revelation 5, 9, there is a governmental body standing before the throne of God Yes, that said, you redeemed us from, you have redeemed us from the earth. Who is that? That's the body of Christ. Amen. We're standing before the throne of God, and we are giving thanks and praise to Jesus Christ because he redeemed us just like he told us that we are redeemed, uh, Ephesians 4.30, okay, for the day of redemption, okay? So in Revelation 5.9, we are standing before his throne. It's a scroll opening ceremony that initiates a seven-year tribulation on the earth. So God has, Jesus will have his governmental body standing before the throne. (laughs) Amen. And he opens that scroll, okay? So there's like music, there's laughter, there's fun, there's all kinds of, this whole great thing going on. Because we are his governmental celestial body in the heavens now, standing before the throne as he begins popping those seals. Yeah, these aren't angels. These aren't angels, okay? Yeah. These are these are these are humans, okay? These are these are people who who, are, who obviously are not mortal anymore because they're in this throne room area. And in order to be there, flesh and blood can't go there. So there must be immortality. And where do we see immortality? In the rapture resurrection, when 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 the bodies are changed and, right. and shed mortal and put and put on immortal, that's when it happens. And so when that happens, and then in First Thessalonians four, it talks about what happens when you get changed. You go up, <laughs> you go up to yeah. heaven, and then guess where you are? You're right there. You're right there yeah. at the ceremony. These are not angels. These are many, many, many people. There are many people who are going to be raptured. There are many people who are the dead in Christ that are going to be raised first and are going to be part of that 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 body as well. You're talking about literally probably billions of people who are going to be around that time and watch this seal ceremony take place. I know it's going to be awesome. You know, yeah. I think oh, we yeah, have man. to go to the tribulation and get some dirt in our eye. You know, you know the Bible talks about those who go to the tribulation. That's in uh, Revelation chapter six nine, where those people begin appearing under the altar because. Right. They're- Wiped out in the first three and a half years of the tribulation by the four horsemen. Right. Okay. And what does he say? Of be patient until that number is complete of those of your brethren who will die the same way you did. And what are they crying out for, Kevin? Vengeance. For their blood to be avenged. Exactly. Avenge our blood. What's our narrative when we're up there, Kevin? 
Lisa, no. you have redeemed us from the earth. I'm not going to be calling for my blood to be avenged. Praise and glory and thanks and honor and yeah. all of that for taking us from where we were to where we are going to be spiritually, also for our soul to be saved and also for our bodies to be resurrected into immortality. We have a lot to be thankful for at that point. Amen. Right. Amen. You know, another so, thing is too, is we will ruin it. We will ruin everything for God if we stay here. If he doesn't take us out of here, okay. It's impossible. Not, not not just because we'll teach a gospel that's no longer valid that expired, but if we're still here and the two witnesses show up, I'm gonna be on the first flight out to Jerusalem, <laughs> Christian in the world, telling the Jews, "Hey, that's Moses and Elijah. You need to listen to here. Here's the Bible. See, this is him right here. We will just spoil it for everybody. Right. I can't have that. He needs them to believe." through a different way than have us telling about him. Why do you need two witnesses and 144,000 witnesses if we're still here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah. point? Be like billions What's of Christians, well, millions of Christians flooding into Jerusalem. It'll yeah. just be an absolute mess when those two and, witnesses show up. And just, just real quick, guys, I mean, just to prove also the Bob's point um, on this uh, revelation, don't forget Revelation 5.11. Because Revelation 5.11 gives you the understanding of how many uh, are actually up there mm-hmm. at that time. Because you have, and behold, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, right? This is something I found very interesting because people will, will debate this. Or is it just the angels? No, it says, and the elders. And it says, and the number of them, right? Including the elders, that are in uh, up there was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Okay. So we're not just talking about 24. That is a symbolic, that's symbolic. Amen. Amen. Uh, So it's not a literal 24. And that number that you're talking about is not a, not a, a, an actual number either. It is, it means that you cannot count them. That's basically what it means when it says that 10,000s and 10,000s and this and that, it's not saying it's exactly this number. What and, it's and saying, Robert, I think this so also much. proves. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, but I'm, I think fun. it also proves that it's not the hundred. It's not one hundred forty-four thousand. No, it's not one hundred forty-four. No, no, one hundred forty-four. I mean, when Jehovah's Witnesses started at one hundred forty-four thousand, and they went over one hundred forty-four thousand, they realized they had a problem. <laughs> I mean, and then they were like, "It's a hierarchy system," and then you know they started. They started making their own man-made doctrine out of it, right? I mean, it's. Now, granted, they didn't start in a good spot to begin with, but uh, the 144,000 has not has not yet arrived yet, and they certainly haven't been sealed yet. So that that is still to come. Right. Oh, did I actually get on the? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. You didn't. Yeah, you weren't showing 511 by the way. Okay, there it is. Revolution. But there it is. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a big it's number too big to measure. And that's what I'm talking about. Like literally billions and billions of people around there. You can't count that high. Right. It'd take you forever. <laughs> right. Now, did Bob have some more slides? I was interested in that. Did you have some more slides, Bob, you want to share? Actually, I do. Uh, okay, let's get there. Picture one. Okay. Right. Let's do it. Robert, you like his slides, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged. This is encouraging, so it's a blessing. I, I like when he's got, like, this seven years, and he's got all these signs and stuff that shows, and he's got the next seven years, and it's like all these signs have went to the next next uh, Shemitah yeah. cycle and actually, like, you know, fulfilled or, you know, played out. 
right. So this is where we left off. If you wanted to go to slide. Pick, it says pick number one. That's what it says. Basically, okay, it's the, uh, this one right here. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Now, this one here is basically the, th- the theory I have is this. All right. The next seven-year cycle starts on the San one, which is next month, give or take, depending on the barley harvest and how that works out. Okay. So Kevin always talks about. So give or take. But somewhere over the next month and a half, we're going to see the Nissan one start, which would be a whole new seven-year cycle. Oh, let me mention something, Bob. In your comment section of this video, someone posted that the 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 weather has been very warm in Israel lately. And that they think that the barley is going to be ripe here within the next few weeks. Well, perfect. So, right on schedule. So, so it looks like this is um, this is actually on track to be the first um, first day of the of the year in March this year. So according to according to the Jews right now, it's going to fall around uh, March twenty second, twenty third. Okay, yeah. it will complete on March twenty third if that works yep. out that way. My theory is that the seven. If you look on the top here, Daniel nine twenty seven seven year covenant. It's a seven-year agreement, and it transcends over the seven-year tribulation, and the seven-year tribulation transcends over a seven-year Shemitah cycle. Okay, so we're looking at the Daniel seven-year covenant and the seven-year tribulation within the confines of a seven-year cycle, okay, which makes sense. Will it work out this way? I don't know. But (laughs) knowing what we're seeing what's happening right now, does that sound too far-fetched? Because, like I said, look what look at all the smoke plumes happening and everything that's happening all over this country right now. All, uh, two, over 200 processing plants gone. Our water supplies are being depleted. Or all of our oil supplies are just about gone. We, if, if any country invades, we are toast. Okay? Mm. And everything I mentioned before. And the Deagle reports show us being depopulated by next year. So the way it looks to me that... This here, it could be correct because what happens in the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, you got the four horsemen who start riding, and it causes a mass depopulation on the earth. Okay? And right now, we are seeing the setup for a mass depopulation taking place right now. Okay? And like I said, that think tank that John Deagle, he was a Rockefeller. Okay? He was a whole, like a general on the depopulation agenda. Okay, these are his reports, and they are planning to basically do this genocide on us and get us down to about ninety, get us down to about ten percent population sometime next year. Okay, so if that's happening right now, do you think this sounds too far fetched that the seven tribulation begins next month? I don't think so. It may not happen this way, but I think it, you know, it sounds pretty reasonable. Well, there were some questions. Happen start on the very first day, and if, if the rapture could happen now, war could break out now, and then there could be a peace covenant right about this time around the San one next month. We confirms a peace covenant. A lot could happen between now and then. Let me bring up a couple of questions, Bob, that people had in your comments section about the video. Um, mm-hmm. Just basically, kind of what you just said. It, so, are you saying that? Um, since the Shemitah cycle is going to begin here on March, looks like it's going to be March 22nd to 23rd, mm-hmm. that that the, the 70th week must start then on that first day? Or are, are, are you saying that the 70th week could start 
sometime within the seven-year Shemitah cycle because it's contained within it. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to start on day one of the Shemitah cycle. No. Yep. I, I, t- I talked about in a video where the days can be shortened. Okay, that's that's Matthew 24. Well, we know that's coming. Fourth yeah, trumpet. The days are going to be shortened. So it could be a six and a half years worth of of, of tribulation activity. Right. And then six months of cleanup, it could happen that way. Or the uh, earth could spin quicker and the days could be shortened that way. Uh, the, also, the uh, barley harvest. Okay. It looks like that's on track. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we, it, it doesn't have to start on the very, on the very day. Okay. okay? It's, it's a theoretical. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a theoretical chart. Okay. Right. In in a, in, a, in, a, in a perfect world, it should start on this day. It makes sense, but you know. But you, you, know, you talked about these other factors. Yeah. Well, you talked about these other factors because you have cleanup period. You also have um, the the one third of the uh, of the hours the moon will not shine, and one third of the hours the sun will not shine. You're talking about shorting a day by one third down to 16 hours. How does that actually play out in terms of these? We do know that the day count is exactly the same, but um, because it's you know it's 2,520 days, we know that. But how many of those days are 16 hour days, and how many of those are 24 hour days? When does the fourth right. trumpet happen? We don't know exactly. what day that happens, right? Well, what's interesting about this, if it starts from Nassan 1, if Nassan 1 is the 23rd, that's when it starts. What's interesting is, you know how three and a half years in the tribulation, the, uh, the two witnesses die, and then mm-hmm. they, people said they send gifts to one another, right? okay, in celebration mm-hmm. that the two witnesses are dead? Did you know that three and a half years from, the, from March 23rd, it will fall around the fall feasts in September? And that'll be three and a half years in from this date here. And yeah. did you know that for the Feast of Tabernacles, they send gifts to one another around that time? Hmm. That's Amazing. an interesting alignment right there. Ah, uh, yeah. You know. That is very well, interesting. And not to mention the fact if it starts here on March 23rd, it will land directly right in the middle of the solar cycle. Because we have we're in an 11-year cycle starting in 2020. And Ooh, it's going to run at- all the way to 2031. Let me okay. look up and see when um, when the when the fall feasts are actually going to happen there in, in 2026, oh. and I'll, I'll let you know. But uh, if uh, if that, like I said, the solar cycle starts, uh, it started a new solar cycle in December 2019, right at the beginning of 2020. And when this, if the tribulation begins next month, it'll be three and a half years in, right when the solar cycle is at solar maximum. Mm. During solar maximum, that is a time when all those judgments can be doled out on the earth, according to the book of Revelation and the seven trumpet judgments. Mm. Okay, so the sun is in position perfectly if the tribulation begins next month. Wow. So that's, you know, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty That's pretty. cool to think about. It. I mean, and if you want to show the other slide, I got one more slide to show you. Go to picture number four there, Greg. Yep. If I uh, see Robert, see what Pick you think about this, Robert. Uh, right here. Okay, so World War One. What happened? And that was a Shemitah cycle of nineteen eleven to nineteen eighteen, and the very next seven year cycle, the Balfour Declaration was declared, which called all the Jews to begin returning to Israel. Okay, and then that was ended World War One. So basically, what happened after World War One? Israel received a level up 
at that point. They begin to return to Israel. And then what happened? World War II took place from 1939 to 1946 during that seven-year cycle. And what happened right after that? The rebirth of Israel. The Balfour Declaration allowed, basically called all the Jews begin returning home to Israel. And right after World War II, there were enough Jews in Israel to declare the rebirth of the nation. Okay? So as we see a pattern taking place here, after every world war, Israel gets a major level up. Okay? So now we're about to go to World War III. What do you think is going to happen after World War III in the next seven-year cycle? According to the book Revelation, chapter 19 and 20, Israel gets a huge level up, don't they, Robert? Yeah. The Lord comes back and rules for a thousand years. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> patterns. That's a level up if I've ever heard of one. Would, would that be after a thousand years? Would that be the 120th cycle of Shemitahs? Or am I yeah. counting on <laughs> That's pretty interesting. 120 back yeah. with Noah. It's always, right. Wow. So and amazing. the fact that yeah, and the fact from twenty three to twenty twenty three to twenty thirty is the eleventh cycle. Eleven is number of chaos, number of judgment, number of unrepentance, judgment for unrepentance. That's a, that's the eleventh cycle we're going into since Israel became a nation, nineteen forty eight, and then the twelfth cycle from twenty thirty to twenty thirty six is the twelfth cycle. Twelve is a number of government, God's perfect government on the earth, order. Okay. And so that that right there, that's a that's a, to me that's a perfect alignment of the seventy tribulation and then the first seven years of the millennial reign. And I think uh, Ezekiel, the, uh, the book of Ezekiel, talks about and was it chapter thirty three, thirty four, or thirty eight, where the Jews burned the weapons for seven years to mm-hmm. clear the land. And can this be the seven years represented right here from twenty thirty to twenty thirty six? Where they cleanse the land, mm-hmm. you know. So well, let, let me give you another uh, timeline thing of, of somebody in, that would post in your comment section. They basically said that they they believe that um, you know Christ was was born in three BC, um, conceived in four BC. Two thousand years later is nineteen ninety seven. Christ lived for thirty three years. Nineteen ninety seven plus thirty three equals twenty thirty, and yeah. twenty thirty minus seven, of course, is twenty twenty three. So there's just yet another thing that we've talked about this before that the, the, the seven day creation can can be linked to six days for man, one day of rest, and the day of rest is the one thousand year reign, and the six thousand years is basically the time from Adam to the you know the the second coming basically of Christ, uh, which is starts the the, the uh, one thousand year reign. So those six thousand years are coming to a close here very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know that. And, and well, we, we, can, we can see that. So the, that plus Israel, of course, in the 70 to 80 year time frame there, it's all pointing to these next seven years, basically. Right. So and you have all is, this going on. So you yeah. have all this. You, we're looking at this chart right here. And now you think about what's happening right now and everything that we talked about this entire show. Okay. And that's just touching the tip of the iceberg. Okay, you have the uh, the return of the temple movement, calling, telling Ben Giver, hey, can we start sacrificing on April fifth, mm-hmm. right. two weeks after Nissan one, or will that be Nissan one? I don't know when that mm. takes place. When they start sacrificing, and since Ben Giver took down all the Palestinian flags, do you think this guy will give them the go ahead to go ahead and start sacrificing on the Temple Mount 
You've got red heifers as well waiting in the wings, don't you? Yeah. And if that starts, that's three and a half years of sacrifice, and it begins right there. Yeah, Once they it's hard to tell. It's not going to stop. Yeah, it seems it seems interesting. It could happen. I mean, it does say, like we went through Matthew twenty four. You know, there will be false, many false Christs mm-hmm, during right. that period. But yeah, any one of them could potentially be right. That one that we're we're thinking is going to be the one that's coming. Yeah, in agenda twenty thirty, that's the UN. Yeah, yeah it right. just all keeps pointing toward that. So. Even so, is that their agenda, you. Robert, to all come together and, and defeat Christ? Yeah. That's so that would government. be perfect timing for Armageddon 2030. That's their yeah. agenda, right? Yep. How do they, mm-hmm. they, they know something, right? I mean, they, they know yeah. that's the year that they all, they all come uh, against Christ and they all mass in the, in the valley of uh, Armageddon, the mountain of Megiddo there. I mean, is that the valley? Is that, is that really what they're going to do? Is that their agenda 2030? Yep, has to be. And it must be the devils inside of them that know this, that are trying to get them to work toward this goal. That's wow. the way I see it. But, wow. Well, Michael, do you have anything to add to this? <laughs> no. I'm sorry, guys. Hurt. Yeah, it's, yeah. my mouth's just kind of hurting. That's why I've been kind of sitting back and listening. But are, 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 it's, Do you it's like been... what we're talking about, or are you sitting there in disgust? Oh, no, no, it's fantastic. I was actually just thinking um, – Something I found kind of interesting that just kind of came to mind was the uh, Bethlehem Star. I'm not sure if you guys remember that back in, uh, Mm -hmm. was it December 21st, 2020? And how interesting was it that, you know, Herod tried to kill all the children who were two and under by the time that the wise men came and found Jesus, right? And how that puts us really close from the Bethlehem star to this same time frame two you know, two plus years and some change. I was like, wow, could that be another sign that's showing how close that we really are to departing? Because like everyone else, I am absolutely ready to depart from this world. You know, mm-hmm. agenda 2030 is definitely something I think is pretty big that most people know about by now. But, uh, you know, you take the seven years out from that, you get 2023, now, whether or not Nissan one is going to be the time frame, you know, I'd be happy if uh, it definitely appears, you know, that we're going to be with the Lord very soon, especially from Revelation five and the church being there. I think it's going to be really exciting. Amen. Amen. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, totally pumped about that because I think about that and, um, you know, it's just I can't really prove it. You know, per se, but I always thought that um, when the Lord uh, came and was crucified, you know, that he was crowned in humility and the potential ability for us to be with him on Passover as he's crowned in glory. And um, just to see that all wrapped up and then Nisan, you know, Joshua leading them in into the promised land, uh, Nisan 10, just before Passover. That's always been an exciting time frame for me to look at as a potential awesome watch time. Awesome, brother. Yeah. So I think we can bring up the first question of the um, evening. Uh, It goes to Brother Breaker. What do you think of all this? I think it's amazing. That's why I came on. I want to hear more because I'm working for his return. And it's to the point where there's so many things happening and they all seem to correspond. And if a train wrecks, that's a coincidence. If 
two trains wreck within a week of each other, that's a coincidence. If it happens four or five times over a year or two, it's no, there's no more coincidences. So the more we look at this, the more we see what's going on. And I see the world destroying everything to bring in the Antichrist. That, that's their goal. Um, the, the Great Reset, their goal is to get everyone to have a cashless society to take a mark. And you just look at all this, but that's just looking down here. We're looking up there. And God said he made the stars. And it's just when you just take it all into consideration, um, I think of that verse, Greg, you might want to look it up where it says, the whole earth groaneth together. What is that verse? Mm -hmm. And that, I think Bob brought that up. Is like, this world's not my home. I'm groaning to get out of here because nothing here is what it should be. Yeah. Um, we, we have a desire, my wife and I, to go build a new house because ours is falling apart around us. You know what? I don't care about building it. That's a bigger hassle than I need. I have a house built for me in heaven, and I'd rather go there, to be honest Amen. with you. Amen. I'm not interested Amen. in the things of this world anymore. If the Lord marries a year or two and we can do that, whoop de doo. I I'm not my my love is not things down here. You know sure. what I'm saying? I don't Amen. I just rather live in a tent until Jesus comes back. If that but yep. I'm looking and I'm looking up and I think the Bible tells us to be looking for that blessed hope. So I'm just groaning and waiting for amen. it. So how do I what do I think about all this? I think Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. That's what I think. Amen. I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Brother Breaker. Um, me and my family, it, it's there's no, there's nothing outside of Jesus. And when we look at the world and how far it's fallen into just the depravity, I mean, just yeah. going to the grocery store is it's almost vexing in a way. But at the same time, yeah. it's it's kind of encouraging because we know how close we're coming. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like we can just go out anymore and, and you, there's no enjoyment you can't just go see a movie or anything like that because it's just all just yeah. debased and and just right. filthy it's bad we feel like lot don't we in sodom is what we feel mm. yeah. yeah how about that amen well that's uh that's dustin by the way um who did that comment he's mm -hmm. um he's 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 the he's the ultimate encourager of our faith he gives you uh, messages at five o'clock in the morning when he wakes up apparently every day because he's oh, busy for the Lord. And I wake up much later than that. And then the first thing I see, though, on my YouTube feed is quotes and pictures and spiritual passages and things like that from Dustin. So he is um, he does a fantastic job of encouraging people. Um, I don't I mean, I. Hats off to him for his work, and he is busy for the Lord. So Amen. thank you, well, Brother Dustin. Your hat is off tonight. I, I didn't notice that. That's great. It absolutely is off. So <laughs> hats off to you, Dustin. I did that in, in, you know, in foresight. <laughs> all right. All right. Next question. Do you think all the ways of life will be over and the U.N. will start taking everything and everyone immediately after the rapture? Ooh. Anybody? Hmm. That sounds like a uh, that sounds like a, a, a harlot system that's going to rise up, uh, and that's exactly what the Bible talks about: is that the harlot system will rise up, it will martyr saints, it will be drunk with the blood of the saints, and it will ride the beast, and then ultimately the beast is going to turn around and devour the harlot. <laughs> so the harlot is not around for a long time, but we can see the harlot system rising. And I would think that absolutely the UN and the, the governments of this world are all part of that harlot system, probably uh, linked up with the, uh, I hate to say this, but with the Catholic Church. 
of, yeah. you know, whoever's left of that, uh, you know, in the Catholic Church. The, that's that's why that's the way I see it. Yeah, and for lack of um, better words to use or phrase, um, the whole world was in lockstep in 2020. So we definitely see that everyone is um, fully they come together. Yep, they're they're all marching together already. Yep. Right. Well, but, the rapture is going to take out those that kind of resisted that. So exactly. whatever they do after the rapture, it'll be a bunch of cattle doing whatever they're told. Is how <laughs> I see it. Now, the people that go against it, um, there's a question right here about, do you think that it'd be possible to buy 10 years worth of food and make it safely through the tribulation or something? Um, <laughs> you know, the Bible says, I saw those souls of them that were beheaded. It doesn't say I saw the souls of them that died in an earthquake. <laughs> or I saw the souls of them that, you know, died because they drank tainted water. So <laughs> I wouldn't take that chance. I'd get saved before. But what yeah. happens right after? I, I personally think it'll probably be an alien deception and, and they'll try to yeah, say alien. I think so. But I kind of view the mark of the beast coming toward the middle of the tribulation. Not exactly. The so sure, what yeah. happens in that first three and a half years? Harley. Some freedom because the Jews are worshiping in their temple. So yeah. there must be some sort of freedom. But it also sounds like it might be some sort of a, I don't know what to, there's a famous show coming out now. And I try not to keep up with shows, but see, people send me so much stuff through email. They inform me. This is, is it called This Is Us or something? It was a famous video game, but now it's some famous show that people watch. Oh, and yeah. Is that, I forget what it's called, but it's about it's called the, the Last of Us. The Last of Us. What's the premise yeah. of that? What's so amazing to me is the premise of all these shows that Hollywood brings out. I'm just like, that lines up perfectly with the tribulation. It can't yeah. be an accident. But if the yeah. premise is the whole world gets some sort of virus or bacteria, they become zombies, and they're going around trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. That's what it looks like is coming is the zombie apocalypse type of a look. So, I, so I, what I also heard Robert, that's future history, probably, from what I think. Go ahead. I also heard, Robert, on that show that one-third of it is dedicated to – just deviant uh, relationships, um, you know, just uh, unnatural, let's call it unnatural love. Uh, and and one third of the episode, one third of the time allotted is basically all about the romance of that. I mean, you, it, I can't watch shows anymore. I, you know, I haven't even heard yeah, what's well, safe anymore to watch? There's no you know, show you. I'm looking under a rock. <laughs> uptime. Yeah. Uptime. You can watch Uptime every week. Yeah. And, and, that you're that you're not going to see that here. So, right. yeah. Hey, I mean, just more time to read the Bible, right? Yeah, yeah into the Word, because I mean, it's All less TV distractions. Yeah, TV programming. Yeah. So I really believe they're programming people. Yeah, and TV what, channels. Uh, a channel. Yeah, yeah. channel. Oh, what do you do with your phone now? I didn't know this till a couple uh, weeks ago that it says cast, and you go like this, and you cast to your to your TV. So uh, what's on your phone? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh my goodness, that's witchcraft! You cast yep. the spell, right. cast yeah. the spell, yeah. yeah. screen casting. I was surprised yeah. by that. And then you oh, surf the surf the web. Yeah, <laughs> and there are also portals. Yeah. You're going to go through portals. Yeah, right? you go through portals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I got a question. Uh, what? Why don't you take this one here, uh, Michael? Oh well, I think it's quite clear that we all talked about it. It's uh, the martyrs. That's um, that's how we get saved during the the great tribulation period. Those who lose their life for the Lord shall gain it at that point, and I mean, I, that's pretty much the only way. And you know, I don't know how many it 
it doesn't really like uh, Brother Brooker said. It doesn't really say if anyone's going to actually make it through with ten years of food. So I mean, you, you got to lose your life is to gain it at that point. You got to the person with ten years of food is going to be the first one that's going to be killed. Well, yeah, I mean, who would want to survive? If you got who ten years wanna... of food, you're a marked man. Okay. And who would want to survive during a time of such chaos and destruction and death? Right. I mean, guys, it's just have faith in the finished work and the shed blood of Jesus now so you don't have to deal with that stuff later. I mean, it's – I just don't – it just doesn't compute to me, you know. Right. But and That's also the answer to this question though too, faith in yeah. the blood of Jesus Christ. And But the simple fact is during the tribulation though – the saints that do have faith in the blood of Jesus Christ will be overcome by the Antichrist. So there's the, yeah, there's a, there's a different fate for those people, but that is how people are still saved. Okay. They're not saved through, um, you know, through some other God or some other means. It's still the same thing. I mean, you're saved uh, via faith through God's grace. Uh, But the difference is, is that during the tribulation, you've got to prove it (laughs) through your works. One of the biggest works is actually yeah. denying the Antichrist, accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, and accepting your fate, which is death. Yep. Sure. Amen. But I mean, that's, that's like the ultimate the form death. of faith, right? That's right. why you shouldn't yeah. fear it, though. It's man. man. You don't fear the first death. Fear the second death. Exactly. Right? You fear. Exactly. There will be a remnant of Jews that God protects, but how yes. do you know if you're a Jew that you would be one of those remnants? Right. We were doing our verse by verse through Revelation last week, and I saw something in chapter 11. I didn't it really didn't dawn on me. I just read so quickly through it, but it said 7,000 were slain. And I was yeah. just like, wow, who were those? It sounded like it was Jews that were killed, 7,000 yeah. Jews. So then the other Jews were the remnant that in chapter 12 flee into the wilderness and God protects. That's so right. not all the Jews are going to make it through. And no, if you're a Gentile no. band, you need to just stand in the line of those that they cut their head off because that's your your surefire way to heaven is to die for Jesus, you know? Sure. Well, we mentioned this a few months ago, too, that uh, Jesus said for those in Judea and Samaria, flee to the mountains, right? When you Mm -hmm. see the abomination of desolation. And Bob pointed out a few months ago that Judea and Samaria, they're no longer under any kind of protection from Israel anymore. They they, they pulled that rug right out from underneath them. So, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons. And that just happened, by the way, for the first time since... What was it like, nineteen forty-eight or forty-nine or something? Mm-hmm. Isn't that right, Bob? I mean, First the, time the, since then, yeah, yeah. So, so they, they have no protection anymore. They're no so longer they don't have any protection. Yeah. You've got the abomination of desolation taking place. They have to flee because they're not going to. They're not going to be protected by anything. So God must protect them in the wilderness for one thousand two hundred sixty days. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a remnant. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a group of Jews that call out for Jesus to return. Right, right, right. And Jesus also told the Jews, hey, you know, when you see the city, the armies come past the city, get down off the housetop, don't go back, get your coat, get out of there, run to the mountains, okay? Exactly. Because when they come past the city and they, they they cut off the city, nobody can get out, then they will institute the mark of the beast there and start cutting heads off. Because yep. you either you're trapped in the city, <laughs> You got you got a choice to make. <laughs> right. You and you gotta out. believe that a lot of those Jews won't accept the Antichrist, but they also won't accept Jesus Christ and they will be killed. That's why it's also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Right. Yeah. Time of testing. Revelation uh three uh verse ten. Yep. So it's test. You're being tested. 
Okay, you're being tested. You know, it's interesting. You're being tested when Jesus tests. When Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, you yeah. know, he tells the goats and tells the sheep too. Like you know, when you help the least of me, you help the least of me. You help me. You know, and he said that you know, if you go to get someone some to drink, you go visit them in the hospital, visit the sick. Okay, give them food to eat. You know how hard that's going to be when you are starving on on the verge of death to share your food, mm-hmm. share your water. That's going to be tough. Okay. You're going to try to sustain yourself. But Jesus said, but those who try to save their lives will lose it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those who lose their lives will gain it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So those people are being tested. I mean, right now, oh, no problem. I can go to a prison. I could do that. I could share food. No problem. But what mm-hmm. if it's like my last piece of chicken? Right. <laughs> you know, that's going to be tough. You know, what's interesting <laughs> is that when Jesus returns, the only. Jewish people, the only people of Israel that are going to be remaining are the ones who are going to be the remnant. So at that point, the whole house of Israel will be saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, though, you want to do this next question, Robert? Oh, do you think these elites know how their evil deeds are fitting into Bible prophecy? Well, there's two <laughs> ideas. Either they have no idea and they're being led by devils to do this so the devils know what they're doing and they're just they sold their soul to satan so they're just going along with it or they're so into satanism and in and evil that they know they're doing the agenda of the devil either way they're just useful idiots as as was it lennon used to say about the communists either way they're just they're just doing what they're told by the devil but mm-hmm. if they do know then they're laughing at us when they do it. <laughs> and that's what's so sad is that they know they're killing people by giving them a certain, you know what? They know they're robbing for people by raising taxes. They know they're hurting and killing innocents when they do their a- abort thing. And so they that's what's so sad is that they do know, and I think many of them might know, that they delight in it. So they enjoy mm-hmm. their wickedness. And mm-hmm. I believe they think it gives them power. And it, and it yes. probably does. I think Satan tells people, the more people you kill, the more power I'll give you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we see all the evil in the world. Because our minds, we can't fathom how someone can be that wicked. Uh, like, for example, taking the innocence of a young child and, and even feasting on, a, on, like, eating a young child. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what they did, the, the evil Satanist and things. I know. Yeah, and so, mm-hmm. but... If they know that that gives them power from Satan and, and they're that close to Satan that they feel his power, then, yeah, I think they do know their deeds. And I think they do drink adrenochrome and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, and I just yeah. I don't understand how a person could become that, though. That's a reprobate. That's someone who's so delights in evil that they don't ever want to be saved. And that's mm-hmm. that's a sad, sad person. It is sad. And this question by Chris is pretty much I put it up a real fast where you talk about that, Robert. Basically, a perfect example. What do you guys think about the corrupt police and judges that are intentionally using force on innocent people and falsely charging them? So, there are there 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 right there are are your uh, useful idiots right there. Yeah, it's it's sad travesty of justice for sure, but it's not anything new. Uh, our American Revolution started because of that's what we saw the the corrupt judges all throughout history. There's been corrupt people. And uh, it's just, it's sad, but it just seems like now we see it more maybe because the population's more. I don't know, but it's it's going to get worse. I hate to say it, but Paul went to jail and was killed by a corrupt system, wasn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. But he was leading the soldiers to the Lord next mm-hmm. to him. So 
Amen. Um, yeah. All we, he, the most he counted it all joy, fight. didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So the most important fight is the spiritual fight. And as a Christian, we shouldn't want to get involved in any physical fights. We, right. We're fighting the spiritual battle. That's what's most important. Mm. Right. Someone strikes you and you're Amen. like, hey, do you, you know, do you know the Lord? <laughs> I'm not going to strike you back. That should tell you something right there. You know, the yeah. fact that I didn't strike you back means that something inside me is different, isn't it? And there's a witnessing opportunity. I mean, yeah. it's the same things like what Paul did, Paul did, right? He's like, well, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to make the most of it. Exactly. You want to do this, this next one here, Robert? Yeah, this is an excellent question. It says, uh, if people survive the tribulation and are with us in the millennial reign, will there be unbelievers? And if so, will they still have earthly bodies? So we go to heaven at the rapture. We get a glorified body. We come back with Jesus. We're in the millennial kingdom in our glorified body. We're never going to die again. But if someone does make it through the tribulation, they're in their physical body still, and they will die later. Now, can they be unbelievers? Well, at the end of the thousand years, um, at the beginning of the thousand years, Satan is put down in the pit. At the end of the thousand years, he's let out to deceive some people. And so there will be some unbelievers in the millennial kingdom. Now, will this be the children of the children of the children of those people? Uh, I don't know, but I know in the millennial kingdom, there will be some unbelievers. Yes, but those won't be those of us that are have our glorified bodies. Some people think that in the millennium, we, we that are saved, we can fall like the angels fell. <laughs> well, no, the angels fell. Because they had a choice, but our life was our choice, and we chose Jesus. And the Bible says, "So shall we ever be with the Lord." There's no, Amen. there's no free will. So the, the, Paul said he's convinced there's nothing that can separate us. Right. So okay. I'm, and I'm okay Amen. with that, not having free will, because yeah. I have it now, and all I want is Jesus. So, Amen. What like my glorified body? Please, Lord, take away free will, because I'm want to turn against you. I just want to be with you for all the time. Why would any of us change our mind at that point? I mean, yeah. we're not changing our mind now. Why would we change our mind after? That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No. Uh, but you know what? The, the interesting thing is what you were saying, Robert, is that at the end of the 1,000 years, Satan is loosed for a little while. It doesn't say how long. But it says he goes and he deceives all the nations. And all the nations go up against the encampment of all the saints. Isn't that interesting? So yeah. we are going to be ruling and reigning. But at a certain point, we're going to be brought in there and basically surrounding Jerusalem and the armies are going to come up. I wonder what they're mm -hmm. going to do. Are they going to be like, I want to get you. And you're going to be like, do you understand that I'm immortal? <laughs> you yeah, right. you know? it's what, just are you, like, what are you thinking? It's not really a war, right? It's like they come against yeah. Jerusalem and God sends down fire and devours them. I right. mean, that, that's like a, it's a one sentence war. <laughs> right. There's and the Lord allows that, so all his enemies are in one place to destroy them all at once, just like yes. the Battle of Armageddon. God is so smart. But I think there'll probably be secret societies during the millennium, and that's oh. how they, in secret, are trying to, and that's how the devil, because he always has his secret societies. But openly, in the millennial kingdom, how do you go around and say, I'm a Satanist? <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> Jesus is the king of the earth, so there's got to be in secret. And do you remember in the Old Testament? Um, I think I was reading through... I can't remember if it was Ezekiel or Isaiah, but you remember one of the prophets, God told them to go to the temple and dig down into it. And he went to a chamber underneath and he said on the walls were the most vilest, wickedest, ungodly yeah. pictures that were drunk. They, they have their underground secret hidden places where they worship evil. And I think that'll happen in the millennium too, unfortunately. Wow. Yep. Yeah. 
That's terrible. I mean, you got to believe this: that if somebody's here and they don't get to, don't get struck down by the the sword of, of the spear, the two edged sword that Jesus is going to be wielding, uh, you, you can't imagine that someone is going to live through that and not be believer at that point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus is right in front of you. Even Thomas believed after he right. saw him. So but a yeah. thousand years is a long time for people to. Well, forget. no, I, I think she was. Yeah. yeah, but I think she was specifically saying, uh, do, how, "Are there unbelievers who go into the millennium, the millennial reign?" Well, okay, so there's the sheep yeah. nations and the ghost nations. So there yeah. must be some Gentiles that do endure to the end and make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, the mark yeah. of the beast, because those that do take the mark of the beast will be cast into hell. So somewhere in the world must so maybe some Pacific island, maybe down in Central America, there there's some people that don't get off. Well, they are having children as well, and children and generation and generation after generation, Robert, that you know how generations go. It it only takes three or four generations to really like become evil. Yeah. Yeah. And to make a tradition that never goes away. Yeah. Exactly. That's the way it goes. Blue yeah. Skies Forever says here, how long do you think the rapture process will take? You know, it's twinkling of an eye. eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians 15.53. And, yeah. you know, I talked about last week in a moment. That, that there's your timing. It's like a split second. It's like it can't, it can't even be measured. Okay. Right. And I, my theory was is that we, in a moment, we go into a moment in time. You ever had a moment with somebody? It wasn't a split second. It was like a special moment, mm. okay, if you want to look at it that way. So in a moment. So what happens here, the theory is, we could step outside of time and be changed. But to the human eye that's not being saved, it could happen in a boom like that, okay? But the other interesting thing about the word moment, about the word moment, in the Greek, it means atomo. That's how it's spelled, atomo. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where you get atomic bombs mm-hmm. because the blast is instant. And it's interesting, we talked about it before, Kevin, is how the we've seen dreams and visions where the the rapture resurrection, especially here on my channel, the rapture rapture resurrection may take place in coinciding with uh, the atomic war. Right. A nuclear yeah. war taking place. Both are instantaneous. That. Yeah. And so the fact that the word moment, atomo, and Apostle Paul says, in a moment, in a tomo, in an atomic war, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall, si- shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amazing. So I wonder what that, if that might be it. You know, Robert? Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually thought about that and made a video about that. Uh, Atomos, Strong's G823, because, uh, I mean, what do they tell you that an atomic explosion is, right? It's the splitting... Yeah, of an atom. Of an atom. So, yeah, yeah. it only takes a split second. Both things are a split second. Both things are in an atmos of time. Uh, Robert, did you know that Bob has accumulated like literally thousands and thousands and thousands of dreams and visions of people having a rapture dream right when nuclear war is occurring? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But it make it, it would make sense because the devil wants to cover up what happens. Sure. He wouldn't yep. want people to just go missing and everyone go, wow, maybe that Robert Breaker guy was right. You know, so <laughs> what is it that the devil is going to do to cover this whole thing up? Well, Good. it could be that. It could be an atomic bomb. And then the missing people, they just say, oh, well, the bomb blew them up. It could well, be aliens yep. showing up. Fall, and saying, fallen well, angels showing up. 
What are you guys doing here? You guys are killing everybody. This world's gonna is going terrible. You guys are bombing everybody with these huge things. We're here to save you, right? <laughs> we seated you long ago. Now we're here. To yeah. Another thing too. Um, one of the greatest types of the rapture and of the church is the Apostle John, and uh, he's in the Book of Revelation. Where is he? He's in a concentration camp. Mm, That's right. literally the island of Pasco. So. Yeah. They could round us up and put us all in concentration camps right before the rapture so that when it happens, you know, the, the concentration camp guy wakes up one morning like, where is everybody? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, who cares? And the news media wouldn't report on that. So, yeah. But, you know, the devil doesn't want people to, to see no. the rapture. So he's got to have some way he's going to try to cover it up. Yeah. Sure. And if the rapture is an explosive event. I mean, that'd be the perfect cover. And and the people that are underground, their bodies, too. Exactly. I was told, and I never thought about this, but I was told they're going to blow the dirt up like that. It'd be like any cemetery in America looked like an atom bomb went off just in the cemetery because all the Mm -hmm. dirt blowing open for their bodies to come forth. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And if we turn into the light and get raptured out like that and people see others disappearing they'll just be like hey they were vaporized that'll be the uh disinformation campaign right there mm-hmm. i'm still i'm still voting for tuesday night up times on <laughs> <laughs> and then nobody ever turns it off and the live stream yeah, does that's what I was saying. It's, just, <laughs> it's just there it's just running for days <laughs> seven year live stream yeah. uh, wow yeah, that'd be wild Nobody's I was saying that somebody ultimately does turn it off. It's the guy robbing Greg's place. He goes in there and he's looking around. He's like, kick that. He's like, what's this? Oh my gosh, we're on video. Turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where, uh, you know, fire comes down from. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and devours them, right? <laughs> devours them. Anyway. All right. Yeah. One more. Let's go. I think this is a good one for Robert to finish off on. Uh, talks about grace. Yeah. We're getting uh, Robert, you want to go ahead and do this, Robert? Okay, it's getting late, so this is a good one to finish it off. Okay, so question, Robert Breaker. What do you think of these Watchman channels teaching covenant theology and there's grace during the tribulation and we who think otherwise are evil? Well, I I think it's sad that, that Christians fight each other when we we should be uniting in Christ and on, on the things we believe in. But uh, Watchmen would refer to people watching for the rapture, right? That's what the, they call themselves Watchmen. And covenant theology, now... I, I don't. I've always wondered what they mean by covenant theology. What What does that mean? And there's grace during the tribulation. Well, God's always had grace, but for some reason during the tribulation, He takes away and He puts out His wrath more than grace. So, but what is what do they mean by covenant theology? What did, What does that mean, guys? Covenant uh, I think He's talking about law, going back to Mosaic. Trying to get you back under the Old Testament. Getting okay, well, then there you go. These are people that don't believe in dispensations. And they're they're wanting to attack those that do, and you got to be very careful of those that don't have dispensational teaching because they're going to be messed up. And it sounds like they need. It sounds. I'm just going to say it sounds like they need to read the book of Hebrews. <laughs> sure, and understand it. Yeah, but that, um, it it just seems to me that it's so sad to see brothers all they do attacking other brothers because these might be saved. Yeah, and I wanted to make sure in my ministry I don't just waste my time like a dog barking at other dogs. Because have you ever walked by a dog behind a fence and he's barking at you and just for fun, you just bark back? (laughs) That does not make him stop. That makes him bark even louder. And that's not what God's called us to do, bark at each other. We're supposed to love one another. And and you've got your ministry, I got mine. Well, I'll do mine, you do yours. 
your ministry shouldn't be to attack my ministry. So now people <laughs> are, I mean, all you're doing is shooting me in the foot. That's the We're worst. in the army for the Lord. We should be fighting together, not fighting Amen. one another. You're like, you're, you, you go up to heaven and Jesus says, what was your ministry attacking Robert Breaker? He's going to be like, well done, fate, good and faithful. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Here's your crown. No, yeah. no here's your little gold-plated peanut. There's your reward. <laughs> no, he's going to bring up the verse that says that you you said, oh, I delayed my coming and that you started beating up the brethren. Yeah. What does that person so, get? Whatever they had is actually taken away from them. Yeah, yeah, given to somebody else. So yeah. I don't give it to Robert Breaker. I don't want to be that guy that attacks other people. Uh, sure, there are some that are worthy to be attacked that are false prophets, but I just find that all that does is get them in the flesh and make them attack you more. I, I think one of the greatest tools is just to ignore people. Yeah. Oh, that irritates them more than anything else. Yeah. The fact mm. that you won't, <laughs> you won't yeah. sink to their level and give yeah, them the time of day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's the best thing for me. Just stick with the book. Amen. 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 Great having you on. Missionary evangelist, Robert. Brother Robert Breaker, thank you for coming back on with us. Uh, always a blessing. Um, I love how we all come in unity, like-minded believers in Christ. Amazing. Um, you know, we, we we let the Lord direct us, the Holy Spirit direct us. So, so um, thank you all for coming back on. Uh, quick two hours this was. I think, um, listen, we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we are hopeful that the Lord Jesus is going to be bringing us home soon. Um, and we don't have to keep dealing with the the troubles of this life. But in the meantime, we will continue to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to others who have not heard. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to be good ambassadors of Christ, good soldier, soldiers of Christ in these uh, last days. So thank you all for coming on. God bless you. And um, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Otherwise, we'll see you in the air. Amen. God bless. Amen.